the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Nah, man, you see how good I look? Nothing signifies that more than a pinch hitter winning the game. They shouldn't have played the old Golden Blue. Not this night. Yes, sir. Not this night. We don't pay attention to what happens, what goes on the outside. We just do our job. Welcome to Panhandle Sports Live, the premier home for all things sport in the Eastern Panhandle. He's across midfield. He's into the open field. Touchdown, Martinsburg. Towards the pylon. Touchdown, Washington. Hear from the coaches and players that make the Eastern Panhandle the place for sports in the state of West Virginia. This kid, he's got silver bullets, and it's a two-possession lead for the Appleman. Gets a high snap, Robinson trying to get to the outside, makes a jerk move, gets to the inside, Keyshawn Robinson, touchdown Cougars! Be a part of the conversation on today's show by texting at 304-263-4321. The throw, not in time! Hedgesville's going to Charleston! Gavin Young puts the drive up 9-63-54. The Spring Mills Cardinals. 18 and 0 to finish the regular season. Now, live from the Hoppy Kerchival Building in historic Martinsburg. Get your popcorn ready. Panhandle Sports Live is on the air. Well, they let us get to Friday again. It is Friday, the 29th day of September in 2023, and it is Panhandle Sports Live. One more show before we kick off another Friday evening of high school football and a Saturday afternoon of college football and a Sunday evening of NFL football as well. And you're in the right place to hear all the coverage, breaking all of those games down. I'm Luke Wiggs, Parker Stone, in studio. How are you today, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Like you mentioned, we're gearing up for another high-profile weekend of High school, college, NFL football this weekend. We got big-time matchups inside of the EPAC and around the state of West Virginia. We got, of course, Shepherd football coming tomorrow as they take on Shippensburg. We got WVU football going on Saturday night. They're taking on TCU and, well, all sorts of NFL football as well, depending on who you root for. I know my Giants don't play till Monday this week, so I'll have to, I'll have, to have a Sunday that's stress-free for once while not watching the Giants play, but... It'll be a fun weekend. Lots of fun going on. Oh, by the way, was there a baseball game yesterday? I think so. And the yokes are hot. And a, and a team did something monumental, right? Yeah, something they've only done six times in organizational history. And it's the first time they've done that in like 43 years. And you never know. Ah, give me that music. Who's gonna hear the call? Every game does a different start. That's the magic of all real baseball. <laughs> We'll talk a little Orioles baseball as well, but the Orioles clinched first place in the American League East yesterday, defeating uh, the Boston Red Sox. It was cool to uh, witness that game in the company of Orioles fans, most mm-hmm. notably uh, Coach Ernie McCook. Uh, we were at Captain Bender's and watched that game kind of come down to the end, uh, and the Orioles win 2 to nothing. And fun fact for Tyler Wells, who got the final outs of that game, pitched at University High School as a freshman and a sophomore, and pitched for Morgantown post-2 American Legion Baseball uh, before he went to California. So wild. We'll talk a little Orioles baseball coming up in the show as well. But, like you mentioned, high school football Friday, and that's got center stage right now. And interestingly enough, when you look at Class AAA on the Metro Duke scoreboard, and we'll talk about all the games as well as Berkeley Springs, the game that we have tonight, broadcasted, 7 o'clock kick, 6.45 pregame, Jefferson and Hedgesville, has been chosen, Parker Stone, as the Metro News Class AAA Game of the Week. And I think it's for correct billing. I think whoever wins this matchup 
puts himself in the driver's seat for what's going to be the number three playoff spot in the EPAC right now coming into the playoffs in Class AAA. The loser of this game, if it's Jefferson, you fall below 500 and you got to play some close to perfect football coming up the rest of your stretch of your season. And if you're Hedgesville, you've got yourself now back to 500 record. You're going to be sitting at three and three with four games to go in your season, where where are you going to turn at that point? It's a lot of high stakes, two teams that you look at it on paper. You have athletes and just fantastic, I think, college prospects all across both teams, whether you want to go to Jefferson, Keyshawn Robinson, who we know is going to WVU next year, guys like Quentin Goins, who we have high expectations for, guys like Tayshawn Roper, Rodrigo Delgado, the list goes on and on of the defensive players as well at Jefferson. And then you got Hedgesville, you got guys like – of the like of DeMonte Martin, who we're not sure is going to play tonight, probably not. But again, you got to at least recognize his talent on the football field. And just the names go on and on. Gavin Young's a guy as well. Dalton Harper, who looked like he picked it up in the second half against Washington as well. This game has a lot of stakes to it. Again, 2-2 two and two Jefferson hosting 3-2 and two Hedgesville. Whoever wins this, I think, does have the driver's seat to that third playoff spot in the EPAC. Washington takes on Spring Mills as well. That Hedgesville-Jefferson matchup is number 16, Hedgesville, on the road at number 14, Jefferson. It's number 7, Spring Mills, 4-1, and one, hosting 2-3, and three, Washington. Opportunity for Washington just to kind of take a couple of shots. You know, that's what they did against Hedgesville, and they played two and a half quarters of very, very sound football that started with the trick play. But you've got a very good defense at Spring Mills, dare I say, the best in the panhandle right now are very close to it. Uh, so the Cardinals are probably heavy favorites in this game, but still, Washington's a team that can score points in bunches when they want to, and they're young. So I'm excited to see what the scoreline of this game ends up being. No, for it's it's this is an interesting one because it's a team that has completed it's almost prophecy, and a team in Washington that's trying to follow that same blueprint that Spring Mills had a couple years ago. You look at the Pats roster, Ryan Went is still growing as a quarterback, but he's looked really good and growing into the job, I think. And both the Jones brothers, both those are fantastic athletes. They're gonna grow into their own and be one of the they'll be one of the better one two punches by their upperclassmen years. And just the line that they have right now, that line can get pressure for Washington. We saw them get nine sacks between Kojo, John John Brewster, and Brock Meadows last week. It's a line that can get some pressure, and I'm interested how they're going to attack a Spring Mills offense where we know Terry Ray, coach for Washington, loves to bring the heat, loves to blitz. How's Max Anderson going to work around that with a lot of pressure in his face? But the Cardinals, again, they're clicking on, they're clicking, they're clicking at the right time. And I think they got a really good chance to pull this one out. But again, it's a really good chance for Washington to just throw what they got out there, throw the kitchen sink and see what you got against a tough Spring Wells team. And lastly, the National Guard Gridiron Series is number 10 Martinsburg going to Inwood with their 5 0 record to take on number 13 Musselman coming out of a bye week. The Applemen are 2 and 2 and have stagnated a little bit their last two games offensively. So in a game where Again, Martinsburg is going to be a heavy favorite. I think it's an opportunity for Musselman to try some things on offense, try to figure out what they need to do to run the football well with Blake Sanders, and then distribute it around to try to find those pieces. I had talked about Benton and some of the underclassmen receivers that uh, Musselman had rolled out the last couple of weeks. Try to find who that other guy can be. Beard takes the top off the defense. You've got Shelton and Miller underneath, and you just need another athlete on the outside to help Fleming make the throws that he needs to make to help this team succeed. I'm not saying Musselman has to win this game, but I'm saying we have to see the Appleman put some points on the board and figure out how they need to move the ball down the field for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think Musselman needs to show something in this game that they have some life in them. After what happened the past two weeks where 
they struggled to move the ball and really capitalize against Morgantown. And there were opportunities, Coach Thomas has mentioned before, there were opportunities to win that Morgantown game over in Morgantown. And they just didn't take advantage of that. And truth be told, they just got punched in the mouth against Spring Mills. I don't know what happened in that game. I don't know if it's Musselman coming out flat, Spring Mills having a great contest, or a combination of both those things. But Musselman got punched in the mouth against Spring Mills a couple weeks ago. Now you got to take on a Martinsburg team that, again, is looking like they're full steam ahead to Wheeling Island at this point. I think it's just show me something here. Uh, we need to see maybe a confidence boost back for this Musselman team. Let's see Eli Fleming get back on track. Let's see this offense get back on track. Let's see what we can find there because this last part of the season stretch for Musselman, if you lose, let's just say for a hypothetical situation, you lose against Martinsburg and we'll – Chalk them a loss against Cabell Midland just because you're going on the road. And Midland looks – for my money, Midland's the second-best team right now in the state of West Virginia right now. And you have a four-game stretch where you need to go 3-1 and one to make the playoffs between Hedgesville, Jefferson, Washington, and Parkersburg. So the margin of error is getting slimmer and slimmer for probably the toughest schedule in the state of West Virginia and Musselman right now. Can they get in for the strength of schedule they have at a 4-6? and six? I'm not too sure. That's going to be a really tough ask. But if they're able to find to maybe get a win against a Cabell Midland or a Parkersburg or a Jefferson on the line, it's going to ease that path to get them to a 5-5 five and five to the playoffs. But biggest thing is, got to show me something today against Martinsburg. Absolutely. Uh, the other games of note in AAA, there really aren't that many this week. You've got a top 16 matchup uh, between Woodrow Wilson uh, I'm sorry, against Bridgeport and Brook. Uh, that, that's a game that's at Brook. You've got University against Buckhannon Upshur, a battle of two, uh, two and three ball clubs that are looking to try to make the postseason a must-win game for John Kelly and the Hawks. And what I mentioned with Woodrow Wilson, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the Buckwheat Bowl was yesterday, and Woodrow Wilson down the Knights of Preston 50-13. to There's a video recap of that game uh, at WDVMetroNews.com. But in Class AA, the spotlight is going to be grabbed by North Marion and Fairmont Senior, a couple of Marion County foes trying to figure who's the best of the best. But with Berkeley Springs in action against Phillip Barber, you get an opportunity, Parker, to see one of the best teams in Class AA today. You're going down to Barber County for the National Guard Gridiron Series game. Phillip Barber undefeated. Berkeley Springs still searching for that first win. A tough ask to go that far and play a team that good. But again, it's always good to see a team tested against some of double A's best. Yeah, the Colts coming into this game have played some fantastic football, have scored 35 or more points in each of their four games this season. 56 to 27 win over Grafton, 35 to 14 over Buchanan up sure. They beat they were a tough game against Liberty Clarksburg 42 to 41 and then they shut out Elkins last week 42 to nothing. It's for the, I think it's the same case that we talked about with Musselman and Martinsburg to an extent where this is a team and Philip Barber, they're coming in, they're number three in the Metro News poll right now, right behind North Marion and Scott. And it's it's a chance for Berkeley Springs to show me something here. It's not it's been a tough season for the tribe. They've had to just try and get this first year under Wes Eddy to really kind of set a foundation and a culture and how he wants the brand of football at Berkeley Springs to be seen at and this is a chance, to, again, just to show something here. And, again, yeah, this is one of AA's best in Phillip Barber. It's going to be a tough ask for the Tribe to make this game competitive, I think. But if you're able to, again, show some flashes, show some things that give a little bit of limelight to this team towards the back half of that season for Berkeley Springs, 
there's a chance to see some positives I'm hoping for today over at Philippi. And then worth mentioning in class single and potentially the game of the week in all classes, St. Mary's is taking on Williamstown. That's number two against number three. Uh, 5-0 Williamstown against 4-0 St. Mary's. And a reminder, directly following our coverage of Hedgesville and Jefferson tonight on WBPM and WCST, we'll have high school game night giving you all the scores across the state of West Virginia um, all the way up until midnight. One text on the text line I want to address, and I, it's an interesting point. Uh, the texter says you're going to find out you're overrating Spring Mills. They beat an overrated Appleman team. We won't touch on this much um, because we've got to get to the break and we've got to uh, get to our college football segment. But I'll say this to the texter. Four and one right now in Spring Mills, number seven. I mean, are they three points better than Martinsburg? No, I, I, I don't think no. anybody would say that. But let's look and see who they play. They're favorites against Washington. Let's just say that. In my opinion, they're going to be a favorite against Frankfurt. I also think they're a favorite against University because University hasn't figured out their identity. They're probably going to lose to Martinsburg. And then I would say that despite, yeah, it's a home game against Hedgesville to finish out the season. There's a very good chance that Spring Mills can finish the season eight and two. I'm not saying yeah. they will, but I mean the 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 ranking system is reflecting the fact that while they've beaten up on teams that they should be beating up, like Albert Galton, they have handled their business and are deserving of that rating. So I understand what the texts are saying from the perspective of well, who have they played? That, that's true. Although they only lost to Jefferson by two. What I would say is the ranking system is fair and it's going to continue to be fair because Spring Mills has a chance to win seven games, if not eight. So they're going to be a whole, if they win eight games, they're going to host in the first round. So I, I, I agree with your sentiment in terms of just talent on the field. Although maybe we're, maybe not. I mean, Spring Mills yeah. defensively has, has showed us a lot of great things, but I think it's more than fair, the ranking that they have right now. And it will be more than fair, the ranking that they have at the end of the season, because they've got a pretty clear runway uh, to seven or eight wins, but I do appreciate the text and you can text the show at 304-263-4321. But break the take. When we return, we'll take a look at the world of college football as you're tuned in to Panhandle Sports Live. You're listening to Panhandle Sports Live. Want to join the conversation? Text in at 304-263-4321. Welcome back. Friday edition of Panhandle Sports Live. Luke Wiggs, Parker Stone, hanging out with you until the top of the hour. We have Panhandle Live coming up in... uh, Oh, just over 40 minutes time with Marsha Kavalik. Brad McElhaney will be our first guest, and you're not going to want to miss that. But we turn our attention now to a college football Saturday. We had another edition of the Ernie McCook Show with uh, Shepherd Head football coach Ernie McCook live from Captain Bender's Tavern. We're going to be posting that on our social media, or rather uh, on our Spotify pages coming up here in just a little bit's time. And we've got Shepherd football coming your way uh, this Saturday at noon. They kick off against Shippensburg. But removed from that conversation because we talked a lot of Shepherd football yesterday, Let's look at Division One college football. And I say college football Saturday, but Park, college football starts tonight. You've got number 10 Utah going on the road to take on number 19 Oregon State. Oregon State with DJ Uyangalale are favored by four and a half points. Low over under, I think, for these two teams in the Pac-12, 44 and a half. But Oregon State 3-1, and one, Utah 4-0. and oh, Who are you back in here? I am going to go with the Utes in this matchup just because I think just Utah has been playing good football. The fact that they've been doing this without Cam Rising for a majority of the season. Utah, I think right now, is they're kind of in the top of the second tier of the Pac-12 right now. And you look at your top teams, the top three right now are Washington, Oregon, and USC. Those three. And then Utah, it's like the top of the second tier. You got Utah, like Washington State, and Oregon State. Wazoo just beat uh, Oregon State last week. And I, for my money, I think Utah is better than Wazoo, although they've been having a really good season. 
I think I'm going to go with the Utes in this matchup. Nothing else really, uh, not a lot of exciting games in the noon window, save Kentucky and Florida that we'll talk about now as we've moved on to Saturday. Kentucky not ranked at 4-0, Florida's 3-1 and and ranked number 22 in the country, and at home for Kentucky with Devin Leary. He's gotten off to, I'd say, a little bit of a mixed bag start. He's thrown five picks through the first four games of the season. Kentucky is favored by a point. Really important game here for Florida. Both these teams undefeated in the SEC. I don't know, though. I, I really want to take the Gators in this matchup on the road. I understand it's at Lexington, uh, but I like the season that they've gotten from ETN on the ground. I think I'm leaning Florida in this game. I'm going with the Gators in this one. I think just they're trying to write a culture over there in Florida. I know their head coach and his name's escaping me. I apologize. But his, uh, they've been trying to get things back to where they have been. They had a good season a couple years ago with Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, and the like. Billy Napier. Billy Napier. Thank I Googled you. that, by the way. I didn't know that off the top of my head either. Former coach, I believe, at uh, Louisiana Lafayette, mm. if I'm correct. So it's, uh, it's a chance for Florida to keep the momentum going. They get ranked after a upsetting Tennessee on the road a couple weeks ago. Now they get a chance to beat a Kentucky team that's played pretty good. I'm going with the Gators, all because of ETN, I think. He's been fantastic. Rapid fire for these next two. Auburn hosting Georgia. The line is 14.5, favoring the number one team in the country against 3-1 and one Auburn. Does Auburn cover that 14.5 line? No. Yeah, I no. didn't think so either. You also have a similar situation. Number three, Texas is hosting number 24, Kansas. Quinn Ewers hasn't thrown a pick yet. Texas is favored by 16.5 points at home in Austin. Does Kansas cover that line? Yes. I think so, too. <laughs> yes. I, I think Kansas will cover just because I th I, th I think that offense is going to be able to keep up a little bit with Texas. And it, this one's going to be a shootout, though. Take the over on points. This will be a shootout in Austin. Close to a pick em for the 6 o'clock window in Mississippi is Ole Miss. Number 20 Ole Miss is taking on number 13 LSU. LSU favored on the road by 2.5 points. My heart says the Rebels, but my mind say the Tigers are going to get the win here. You know, give me the Rebels at home. I think they're due for a big in-conference win like this. People thought that might have been Alabama last week. They lose to the Tide. I think at home it's going to be the swinging point. Give me the Rebels to get the win over LSU in an upset. And we'll have some, uh, some more college football-related picks coming up here in a little bit with Parker's picks. But we also have number 17, Duke hosting number 11 Notre Dame Notre Dame favored by five and a half points it's a pretty big number for Duke getting college game day for the first time Sam Hartman's been unbelievably efficient so that's worth noting that he's going to be a tough quarterback to turn over I don't know where I lean with this one Duke's been a cool story but they haven't been able to win the big one I mean they, they've gone to bowl games they've been ranked in the top 25 they're not just a basketball school but with this game kicking off at 7 30 on ABC I think I still have to go with Notre Dame. I'm going with the Irish in this one, and I, I want. I it's it's the same thing. My heart wants to pick Duke. I love their story, Mike Elko. If at some point expect him to get a big time college football job, he's a fantastic coach, and he's been doing great things over at Duke. But I think, especially now that Notre Dame lost last weekend to Ohio State, and some people would say controversial fashion, I think this is a chance for the Irish to rebound, get themselves back into the college football playoff discussion with a good ranked win over a pretty good Duke team that I think has a chance maybe make a New year six bowls and at large if things keep going their way there's an outside shot at it but they'll get a quality bowl game coming into the to the winter season but I favor the Irish in this matchup just because Sam Hartman's, Hartman's one of the best quarterbacks in college football right now and that offense can really put it up two more games to talk about and we'll turn our attention to the Big 12 we also have Friday night football in the Big 12 three and one BYU is hosting two and two Cincinnati Cincinnati's favored by a point here 
Yeah. Name me something that Cincinnati has done well other than run the football with Corey Kiner. I mean, they're two and two. They've lost their first Big Twelve game. BYU at home. That place gets rocking. Keaton Slovis, your quarterback. I don't see how Cincinnati is favored here. I don't either. I think BYU wins this game, especially since it's all the way in Utah, and that's a long trip for Cincinnati to make. I'm I'm going with the Cougs on this one to get the win and keep their good season going. They'll move to four and one with a win today. And I try to stay away from lines when WVU is concerned because for whatever reason Vegas usually gets that number right. But we'll finish with WVU and we'll have nine hours of WVU game day coverage beginning at four o'clock tomorrow here on WEPM and WCST. But the Mountaineers take on the Horn Frogs of TCU. Both teams undefeated in conference play one and zero and three and one on the season. TCU, Fort Worth. 87 degrees at kickoff, and this is when the sun's gone down, mind you, uh, are favored by two touchdowns, 14 points. That's a huge number. And we heard uh, Brian Estrich, who's the voice of the Horn Frogs, call into Sportsline uh, this week saying that he's concerned that TCU hasn't played a team that runs the ball as well as WVU, and they haven't played a defense that's as let, that is as, as, as athletic as WVU is, if I could get the words out. No chance WVU doesn't cover this, in my opinion. I, I feel like they cover this as well. There's two ways this game is going to go, I feel like, and that's either WVU runs the football efficiently, plays athletic defense, and it's a low-scoring game where West Virginia upsets and wins, or TCU is going to force WVU into a shootout, which they're not in the skill set to have a shootout type of performance. They had that against Colorado. They came up just short, but they scored dang near 45 points in that matchup. If they're able to run the ball and use the defense and control the time of possession, then West Virginia, I think, not only covers the spread but wins this game. But they have to play within their skill set and not get sucked into TCU's idea of turning this into a shootout because if that's the case, the Horn Frogs, I think, cover the spread and then some if they're able to sling the ball around. But this is a fun game, and this is a good measuring stick game, I think, for the Big 12, and this is a future matchup that could be, well, maybe for a Big 12 championship in a few years between two teams that have been one, two of the better ones I guess historically inside of the conference. So this will be an exciting matchup. Winner of this game gets ranked in the top 25 is my prediction. Another thing to keep in mind, though, for that big line is I'm assuming that odds makers are saying for the time being that Nico Markiel is going to be the quarterback again this week. I expect it. I have no inside information, but I expect it to be Garrett Green. I expect him to be available in some capacity uh, for this game. But with that said, we'll conclude our college football conversation. And when we come back, we'll turn our attention now to the National Football League. Uh, two notes that I wanted to get on the air, although in the meantime, a great message from Baseball in the Mountain State. Great follow on Twitter. Wanted to remind us that Victor Scott and his stolen base escapades of the regular season was named a second team minor league all star by Baseball America. And I was remiss. I was going to save this until the end, but I'll go ahead and say it now because I appreciate you bringing it to our attention. Uh, the Orioles have clinched, but they've still got three games left to play. And John Means will be starting for the Orioles today, who also donned the gold and blue at one point in his career. But NFL talk after this as you're still tuned in to Panhandle Sports Live. Another segment rolling on Panhandle Sports Live on this Friday. Coming up tonight, we've got our Panhandle High School football game of the week. Jefferson against Hedgesville, 7 o'clock kick on WBPM and WCST. On 92.9 WXDC, we have Berkeley Springs football as they take on Phillip Barber and the Tribe still in search of their first one of the season. But now we turn our attention to the National Football League. And overshadowed by the Orioles game that we got to watch in Captain Bender's last night was Thursday night football Lions-Packers. And the Lions win by two touchdowns 
at Lambeau, which is something that does not happen very often, and it gives Lions fans a chance to cheer. Jordan Love did not play well. David Montgomery, for whatever reason, and much to the dismay of myself as a Jameer Gibbs fantasy owner, played out of his mind. I don't think the Packers make the playoffs. That's my takeaway from this game. It's going to be a tough road, I feel like. They didn't have a great performance in this game. And I don't know if that's more of an indictment on the Packers not being a playoff team right now. And maybe they're a couple years away with the young core that they have. Or it's more of a a talking up of the lines and saying, hey, this is a 12-5, 13-4-team that is going to be potentially a two-seed in the NFC playoffs, which I think is a real possibility between you. I think the three teams right now that are contending for those top spots is going to be San Francisco, Dallas. Well, I'll make it four: Philly and Detroit. I think those are the four best teams right now in the NFC and whoever comes out of those spots, those are the four teams that are going to be jockeying for position. But I think right now Detroit's got to run away with the NFC North. I think they're by far and away the best team in that division. This game was 23, I'm sorry, 27 to three at the half. I mean, you heard the booze from Lambeau Field. I mean, this is just a wild situation for Packers fans and unfamiliar territory. But similar to my Cardinals who struggled this year in Major League Baseball, when you've been a team that's been so good for so long and all of a sudden you're not very good, you get very little sympathy from the rest of football fans. All right, let's turn our attention now and pick every single NFL game that's happening over the weekend. And a note to our fantasy football owners, there is a 9.30 a.m. kick because we've got the London series returning. The Jaguars and the Falcons are going to be playing at Wembley. The Jaguars at 1-2 and two are favored by three points. I'm taking the Falcons in this game. I'm going to take the Jags because I feel like it's it's going to be a lot of Jags fans over in London. I feel like they'll turn it into a quasi-home game. I think Jacksonville wins for that reason, but watch for Kyle Pitts for the Falcons in this game. Weird stat that came out this week in the like it seems like the Falcons have played in the London series more times than not over the past few years. Kyle Pitts usually performs better in London than he does in the States, so which <laughs> is which is a, such a weird stat. But I've gone with the Jags for a bounce back win over the Falcons. The Dolphins take on the Bills. This game is in Buffalo at uh, Orchard Park. The Bills are two and one. The Dolphins undefeated. I want to take the Dolphins in this game, but despite the fact that it is in Buffalo, I'm going to back the Bills. Uh, they need to turn it around because they have not looked good through the first three games of the season. I think they exercise some demons against the divisional opponent here and beat the Dolphins. I'm, I'm taking Miami. I think speed kills, and Buffalo doesn't have the players to keep up with Miami skill players. I'm going with the Dolphins. Uh, over under for Mostert and A-Chain combined, 180 rushing yards in this game. Uh, I'm going under. Yeah, I think I am too. I'll go under. Uh, the game that everybody's excited to watch, Bears-Broncos. 0-3 Bears, 0-3 Broncos. Denver on the road at uh, Soldier Field is favored by 3.5 points. Russell Wilson's stat line has been okay. Uh, Justin Fields' stat line has not, certainly not. A chance for a Tyson Bajant sighting in this game? I think Denver blows him out of the water, in my opinion. I'm taking the Broncos, but Denver's defense has been absolutely atrocious this year. So I this this one is going to be, like I mentioned yesterday, this is a very good chance for a sickos game if you follow that culture. I, I'm going with the Broncos in this one, but it could be a very ugly game. I'm not necessarily the biggest betting man, but I look at this three-point favorite Cleveland Browns team hosting the Ravens at 1 o'clock in Cleveland, mind you. And I wonder how in the world is Cleveland favored by three points against the Ravens? Give me the Ravens without hesitation in this game. 
I'm going to lean Baltimore as well, depending on which Deshaun Watson we get for the Browns. If we get to the Deshaun Watson that showed up in the second half against Tennessee, I think it's a Cleveland win. The reason I think maybe that spread might favor the Browns would be maybe the injuries on Baltimore's side. But I think Baltimore is a more talented team coming into this contest, and I think if they are able to keep it together and Lamar Jackson and that offense get – I think really what's doing it's the Browns' defense. The defense for Cleveland is fantastic right now. I think Baltimore slightly wins this game, but this could be one that's a hard-fought one. It could be like a 14-10, to 10, a 21-17, to 17, something of that nature. The 1-2 and two Bengals on the road against the 1-2 and two Titans. One of the most underrated storylines in the NFL is Taji Spears has been significantly out-snapping Derrick Henry for the Titans as we might start to see the back end slide in the career for the King. I'm taking the Bengals to right the ship in this game. Yeah, I'm going Cincinnati to get back to 500. Tennessee, I just don't think is a good ball team right now. I, I don't think they're in a good spot. I mean, you're still trying to figure out who your long-term quarterback is. If if it's not for Zach Wilson, I think Ryan Tannehill is the worst starting quarterback in the NFL right now. I don't think he's any good. I think it's time for after this season to cut the tie with Tannehill and move on and find your franchise quarterback, whether that's Malik Willis, whether that's Mr. Mayo man, Will Levis, or if you go and you have a bad season and you go after a guy like a Drake may, uh, I don't think they're going to be Caleb Williams bad, but if you go for like a Drake may, a Quinn Ewers, you go for, I, I wouldn't say Bo Nix cause he's a little bit on the older side, but one of those guys, I think coming out of college this next year, if you want to go that route, I think that's a good idea for Tennessee, but I got Cincinnati winning this game a little quicker for the last couple of picks we need to make this week. First pick them. I think that we've had even, even line between the Rams and the Colts. Give me the Rams. Despite this game being in Indianapolis, you still have a banged up Richardson, I know Matthew Stafford hasn't been hasn't played great, but I, I don't see a Sean McVay team starting the year one and three. I'm going with the Rams as well. I, I think in this game they gotta find ways to get Puka Nakua open a little bit more. The receiver unit with Atwell and the like are looking really good with Cooper Cup's return on the horizon as well. I'm gonna go favor the Rams in this one. Plus I don't think the Colts can run the football. Saints Bucks, uh New Orleans at home favored by three and a half points. The return of Alvin Kamara, give me the Saints. I'm going New Orleans as well to get this matchup. Tampa was a good story for a couple weeks, but I think they come back down to reality. Sam Howell and the Commanders struggled last week. Uh they're two and one. They go on the road to Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia and take on the three and O Eagles. Philly favored by nine. Is that the largest line we have this week? I think it is. And I don't we think got a, it's, we got a, we got a couple bigger ones, I think. Okay, I, it's close to it, and I don't think it's large enough. Yeah, I, I've got Philly on the spread. That's one of my NFL picks for this weekend. Okay, Philly spread. it is the second longest behind the Cardinals 49ers, uh, which we'll talk about here in just a second. Uh, let's see. Vikings, Panthers, Minnesota on the road, a battle of 0-3 teams, another potential sickos game. Uh, Minnesota's favored by four. Uh, you had made an interesting point earlier in the week. I'll make this prediction. If the Vikings lose this game, Kirk Cousins will be traded in the next 10 days. I don't see them losing it. I think they beat the Panthers. But if they lose this game, Kirk Cousins is no longer a Viking within the next 10 days. Vikings win this game. They could win this one by double digits if Andy Dalton or or whoever's really whoever's starting for the Panthers at that point, whether Dalton or Young at this point. I think the Vikings have a very – if they don't win this game, I think it's time to – explode the team and start a rebuild so I'm taking Minnesota you were intrigued by this Texan Steelers matchup before we started the show Pittsburgh on the road is favored by three points CJ Stroud playing very well the Pittsburgh offense is not but they still have one of the best defenses in the league I got the Steelers here uh, but I can understand how there'd be cause for intrigue in this game 
I came extremely close to picking the Texans in this game. I Initially, I was going to go Houston, but I think just Pittsburgh's defense bails them out and they get a close win against the Texans in this one. But I, I love what Houston's putting together right now. Stroud looks fantastic. He's the early front runner for offensive rookie of the year. Tank Dell's looked fantastic for the first few weeks since he's gotten an expanded role. And I'm excited to see what the Houston defense, I think that could be the X factor in this game. If they're able to force some turnovers and get the Texans offense in good territory, Houston could pull off the upset, but I'm going to favor Pittsburgh in this one. Now moving to the four o'clock window, my beloved Las Vegas Raiders are on the road kind of in Inglewood as they take on the one and two chargers. Uh, the Raiders one and two as well, and the Chargers are favored by five points. I'll guarantee you this, there will be significantly more Raider fans in the stands than Charger fans, but I will also guarantee you this, the Chargers will win the game. Chargers need this win, too, to get back to winning ways. I think they win this one and beat the Raiders and go back to 500. Cowboys-Patriots. Cowboys at home favored by six and a half points. That's a really, really interesting line. I got the Cowboys, but I say the Patriots cover. I, I'm in the same boat. I think the Pats cover. I think it's a close game, but Dallas is able to pull this one out. Uh, the last 4 o'clock window game is the undefeated 49ers taking on the 1-2 and two Cardinals. San Francisco favored by two touchdowns, like we mentioned. That's the largest line of this weekend. Is it large enough? I would say that I would take the 49ers to cover this and then some, but that's just me. Only thing that I would worry about is if San Francisco get puts their foot off the gas and maybe garbage time points for the Cardinals get the spread back to closer numbers. But I, I think the 49ers win this game by far. They've looked by far and away the best team in football through the first few weeks of the season. You had said that both the 49ers and the Lions are top four teams in the NFC right now. Their quarterbacks are Jared Goff and Brock Purdy. Who would have thought Crazy that Crazy to one? think about that. All right, last game to talk about. <laughs> a casualty, unfortunately, of the Aaron Rodgers injury because the Jets are in primetime Sunday night football against the Chiefs. This game is at MetLife. Kansas City is favored by eight and a half points. Congress needs to step in and remove the Jets from some of these time these primetime slots because this is not going to be a fun football game. With the power of Taylor Swift, the Chiefs cover and then some <laughs> against the Jets. Uh, hopefully that's our takeaway from this game. Hopefully we get... How about we just we, we leave the camera on, on Taylor Swift for 20 minutes of this game so we just don't have to talk to about it To be fair, anymore. I'd rather watch a Taylor Swift cam than a Zach Wilson playing football, to be completely honest. And, and I'm not a Taylor Swift person, so I, I, would, I would much rather see her reactions to Chiefs offensive drives than Zach Wilson playing any sort of football at this point. For those of you unaware, this entertainment report brought to you by Parker Stone. Uh, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are dating or something. They're hanging out. They are t They are together, it seems. Yeah, thank goodness. I I'm glad we got that pertinent piece of information. I, I, I don't think I, I think that was kind of breaking. I don't, think, I don't think anybody knew about that one, so it was good to get that one out to everybody. Well, I I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guarantee you that not all of our listeners knew that. Well, I'd say, well, I don't know. There's a, there's somebody that's listening right now that's much more interested in what Martinsburg's going to do against Musselman tonight than they are about the dating habits of Travis Kelsey. Oh, I would be too. If if you're if you're uh, if you're finding out for the first time that power couple, do they have a name yet? Celsi, Swelsi, uh, is their is their ship name? If you're find if you're finding that out for the first time, please let us know, and we we will feel a little trailer. bit better that we've. Good trailer. trailer. <laughs> That's great. All right, team uh, team trailer. That's what we're rocking with. All right, another break to take. When we return, we're going to dive in to Orioles magic and also the magic of Parker's picks. It comes your way next year on Panhandle Sports Live. You're listening to Panhandle Sports Live. Want to join the conversation? Tweet your thoughts on today's show at EP Sports Network. 
And you can text us at 304-263-4321. Texts are always appreciated. Uh, but with that said... Yeah, well, that's called beginner's luck. Luck, 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 Yeah, I like to call this my lock of the day. Prove it, it's never fails. Never failed once. All right, for Thursday night football, we ended up going two for three. Jordan Love and Garbage Time got that passing prop for us. 246 is what he got. 225 is what we said at the all-passing yards line. Jaden Reed able to go over on his receiving yards. He got 55. The line was set at 35 and a half for his. Sadly, our t- anytime touchdown score of Sam Laporta did not come through as it was the David Montgomery game for touchdowns, apparently. So, as always, we go into the weekend on Fridays with – double slates for you we're going one college one pros for you to go and get some cash for the weekend so i'm going with the college lock is going to be sam hartman's over on touchdown passes the line's at one and a half which i that's that sounds like free money to me that's a minus 169 i am loving this prop uh, use use that for anything you use this weekend because i think that's almost a guaranteed hit for sam hartman to get two touchdown passes against duke i love that one i'm going also missouri covers the spread against vandy it's about a two touchdown spread and I think Missouri, that's a criminally underrated spread. Missouri's a really good football team. And they and you look at it, well, they beat Kansas State by a last-second field goal a couple weeks ago. It's a Mizzou team that's pretty good. And they're definitely better than Vanderbilt. I'm going to take them on the, on the two-touchdown spread. Also, I'm going to take Oregon staying hot. And I think they cover. It's a large spread, but it's a bad Stanford team. It's 20, so they got to win by four touchdowns to cover this spread. But I think Oregon's able to do it. I think they keep the foot on the gas. The momentum is high over in Eugene. And I think they keep it up with covering a four-touchdown spread against Stanford. And a lot of fun matchups again this weekend in college football. You, you have fun. And again, if you got a slate for us, tweet us at EP Sports Network. And we'll, uh, we'll show you some love if you win as well. I'll go into the NFL now. I think my lock is going to be, we mentioned it earlier, I think the Eagles cover the spread against the Commanders. It's eight and a half. I don't think that spread's good enough. Washington's kind of reeling after losing in horrendous fashion to the Bills last week. I think now Philly's going to take advantage of a wounded Commanders team. They're going to come in, win this game, and they're going to keep their momentum going. I got the Bengals with the win over the Titans. I think they get back to 500. The Titans, I just don't think their offense is very good. And I think that Cincinnati's going to take advantage of that. And I'm going with the under on points in the Broncos-Bears matchup just because I, I, I hate to root for bad football, but these are probably the two worst teams in football right now. So I'm going to take the under on points in that matchup. So again, quick recap for you. Sam Hartman's over on touchdown passes for Notre Dame against Duke is the college lock. Oregon covers the spread against Stanford. Missouri covers the spread against Vanderbilt. And also for the NFL, we have the Eagles cover the spread against the Commanders. The Bengals get the win over the Titans. And you got under 46 total points in the Broncos and Bears matchup. One and one, two outs, bases clear, ninth inning, two nothing O's. Here's the one one pitch. Ground ball out to third base. Arias has got it. Six, throws to first, and you can celebrate, everybody. The Orioles in 2023 are American League East champions. It all culminated in this. It started with a rebuild, an incredible 2022 season. And then you make it to 2023, and the Orioles, they are the ALE's best. How fitting was it? Dean Kremer on the mound for the Orioles to start that game, jump out to an early lead. The bullpen comes in, does a very good job, a West Virginia connection, and Wells getting the final couple of outs as the Orioles have won the American League East 
They've won the American League East as many times since 2010 as the Yankees have. How wild is that stat? And they've won 100 games, Parker Stone. I'm just going to let this play underneath this while we talk a little Orioles baseball. They've won 100 games now for the sixth time in the organization's history. Great time to be an Orioles fan. They're doing it for Brooks, man. I I said it last night. I feel like this is the budding storyline of a World Series championship team. Doing it for what, I mean, you look at it, we mentioned, like, it's not like the Yankees where you have a laundry list of legends or the Red Sox or the Cardinals. When you think of Baltimore Orioles baseball, there's like four names that pop in your head. That's Cal Ripken. That's Brooks Robinson. That's uh, Frank Robinson. And Jim Palmer are like your four guys that you go to. Doing it for the vacuum, the greatest defensive third baseman of all time. It's a storyline to a World Series, I think. And it would be poetic for them to finish it off with that. And they got home field advantage to the playoffs. The the American League runs through Camden Yards. I think that's an awesome saying to say. And it's exciting. It's a very exciting time to be an Orioles fan. Well, do they have the legs? How far is this team going? <sighs> that's a tough question. I it's It's going to come down to... How are they going to be in that environment? Because hardly any of those players have ever had playoff experience. That's the that's the is problem. Is that a good thing or a bad thing to you? I think it's more of a bad thing for me. And it's just, I don't know, because you got a team like the Astros where they've been there. They've won the World Series multiple times. you got guys on that roster that have been in that situation. Then again, our World Series MVP last year was a rookie. So I, I have no idea how it could play into things. And we got a race team that's still going to be solid, but I think they've kind of tailored off from what they were earlier on in the year. It's, I'd say right now, the, they're by far the way I think the best team in the American League right now. It's just if things fall into place and they get the right matchups come playoff time is what it's going to boil down to. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, uh, pivot really quickly because we got a tweet. And uh, it, it's funny that uh, Jeff Adams on Twitter should ask this, Park. He wants to know if we always give betting advice. The answer is yes. He said, could you list your percentage of correct predictions? Uh, he says, just since the start of football season, we don't have that. We, we can get that. Uh, but we do have Parker's picks percentages on the whiteboard right now. Uh, do you want to go ahead and uh, yeah. tell everybody what your percentages are on the season? Yeah, so overall for 2023, we have a lock of the day percentage. We have gotten 120 locks of the day correct for 2023. And I'm doing the mental math for you right here, so I apologize. It was, let's see, so our lock percentage is around 70% for the year so we've hit around 70 percent of our locks of the day for 2023 and for our bonus picks for the year we are 210 and 132 is our number so that's sitting around that 65 66 percent success rate on our lock so seven out of ten times your lock of the day is going to hit around anywhere between six if we're hovering around kind of 60 70 percent for most of our picks for this year so looking to get hopefully the locks up to 80 percent by the end of the year get the bonus picks up to a firm 70 percent is what we're looking for but we've won some big money this year so i i can't complain we've had a very successful year for parker's picks absolutely we'll continue to give out parker's picks at the end of every show uh in terms of just football season there jeff i don't know if we can get that to you we will uh, tonight or tomorrow. Uh, but we mentioned the Orioles clenching first place in the American League East. The playoff picture as it stands right now, because importantly, if you finish in the top two spots in the division, you get that by. Uh, they would be the number one and would face, as it stands today, and this can change by the end of the season, the winner 
uh, of the matchup between the Blue Jays and the Rays, which would stink because you'd hate to go to the postseason just to play a team that you've played 18 times in the regular season. You've got the Twins and Houston matching up. The winner of that series would advance to play Texas, and then the Buys in the National League uh, or the Braves and the Dodgers. I, I try not to overthink things when it comes to playoff baseball. You know, like I wouldn't want to play the Rays. I didn't, you know, because of that team's postseason success. But at the end of the day, it's just you're going to have to beat the best to say you are the best. And I think it's important for the Orioles to try to rework their rotation. Uh, you know, they're going to have pretty much everybody available now that they have these next three days to to line up their arms. So they're in a really good spot right now. Are you concerned enough about the Orioles bullpen to say that that's the biggest weak, weakness as we head to the postseason? I'd say if you had to ask me what's the biggest weakness on this team and could cost them games, I think it is the bullpen. I That's where we've circled at the entire season and not having your best relief pitcher and Felix Bautista at the end of the bullpen is going to be tough for Baltimore. But again, guys have stepped up, whether it's Yeni Air Cano stepping into the closer spot. Uh, Fuji's had some good outings from times. D.L. Hall was brought in last night to go some middle relief innings for this team. The bullpen has to have good performances if this team wants to make a march to the World Series and into October. And I want to ask you this. I know there's a few games left in the season, and as I know of right now, the wild card spots in the American League, other than Tampa, could change drastically depending on how teams are. Currently, it's Toronto has a game up in the wild card. Houston's hanging on by one game to the final wild card spot, and Seattle is a yes. game out. So. It, who would you rather want to be in that position? Oh, Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I knew I thought I felt like that's where we were going with it. But yeah, I, I don't I don't for the O's sake. I don't want to see the Astros in the playoffs. Well, more Orioles baseball to come here on WEPM and WCST all the way through the postseason. But we've got high school football tonight coming up at uh, uh, seven o'clock. We'll have Hedgesville against Jefferson and then over on w, or 92.9 WXDC. We'll have Berkeley Springs against Philip Iber. Uh, congratulations to the Orioles, guys. And Panhandle Live is coming up in just a couple of minutes, so stay tuned for that. We'll talk to you on Monday. That's the magic of Oriole baseball. Oriole's magic, feel it happen. Oriole's magic, feel it Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.